Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Goodbye baseball, a water from Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Hope you're having a good Friday. It's the Mariners in Toronto to take on the Blue Jays tonight. A very exciting Blue Jays team, so this should be a fun series. After taking two of three from the Tigers, we'll talk about the game yesterday as the series kind of belonged to Kyle Seeger, so we'll touch on that in a couple of minutes. Luke Arkins is going to be here in a few minutes as well. Always a fun conversation when Luke stops by. Just his general impressions of how this year has gone, which is always great. It's always great to catch up with Luke. So that comes up in a few minutes. First things first, Mariners taking on the Tigers looking for a series win. And Mariners would get that win. 7-2 to the final score. Mariners get the win. And a big part of it, again, Kyle Seeger, who had quite a series. And a pitch to Seeger. Swung on and hit to left field and deep. It's got some slice. It's got some carry. Bounces on the warning track. And then over the fence. For an automatic double, it'll score two, and the Mariners have a 2-0 lead. So, great start with the double there to take the lead. And Kyle Seager, well, kind of bookended what was a great day. The stretch and the pitch on the way. Seager with a swing and a line drive base hit down the right field line. That'll score Crawford from third. Narvaez in at second base. Up with the ball is Demerit. Gets the throw to third. It's going to be cut off by Goodrum. The shortstop, Kyle Seager, drives in another run. His third RBI of the afternoon. And the Mariners now lead the Tigers by a score of 7-2. to two. What a day for Kyle Seager. Yeah, nine ribbies in the series after picking up six in game one, the three-homer game for Kyle. So what a series. What a second half it has been for Seager. The Mariners would get a home run as well from Dylan Moore. Infield pretty much straight up for Dylan. He swings and drives one right field. Going back is Demerit towards the 385 sign. Looking up, it's gone! A home run for Dylan Moore, his fifth of the year. RBI number 13, and the Mariners have a 4-2 lead here in the top of the seventh. So Mariners get the win, 7-2 the final. Some solid pitching all the way around. Malone, 4 
Pitching the bulk of the innings, giving up a couple runs. Bullpen surrounding that with a very solid outing. Five innings of two-hit, no-run ball. Four different, uh, five different pitchers, rather, pitching those five innings. So solid work by the pen and a series win for the Mariners over the Tigers as they turn their attention to the Blue Jays now. Let's hear from Scott Service after the game yesterday. Took you a while to get started with the offense. Yeah, you know we we were on the strikeout train there for a while, but uh, you know we did we did uh, wake up offensively and, and put some good at bats together. Austin Nolan had a good game, Seager a couple big hits there, Omar chips in, so uh, did some nice things once we got rolling. Took us a little while to get rolling, but uh, you know bullpen again really good. Uh, had, a, had a good series of guys throwing their off-speed pitches over the plate and really executing. So uh, you know nice to win the series. Uh, we had a lot of series wins lately, but uh, it's a good way to start the road trip. That was a lot of strikeouts early. Pretty dramatic turnaround. What kind of prompted that? Oh, uh, waking up. Day game. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure we were so ready to go there in the first inning or two. And you know, we made a few mistakes today. Um, you know, a couple in the outfield and throwing wrong bases. And things. we ran into three outs on the bases. But, you know, uh, the offense kind of covers up a lot of those things when you score runs. And we were able to do that today. Three more hits from Nola. Mention how steady he's been at the plate, but you feel pretty good about putting him anywhere on the field right now. Yeah, he's he's probably best at first base or second base. Uh, the outfield experiment the other night didn't go that great, uh, so we'll keep him on the infield. But he's been really consistent offensively. Gives you a good at bat. Uh, Uses the whole field to hit. He knows the strike zone, and it's been a nice uh, shot in the arm for us. He's really done well. You took Tommy out fairly early there. Uh, I just, you know, where we were at with the, the matchup with Cabrera, um, you know, Miggy's on, was on him, certainly. Um, you know, Miggy's won the bat much better in this series than he did back over to our place, and just thought he'd go to a right-handed bullpen, and, and the guys did a nice job there. You seem to have found something with Whistler there on the, that opener. Yeah, Whistler was good again today. We wasn't quite as sharp today. Uh, you know, got a little fortunate with the double play, the line-out double play there in the first inning, but we'll, we'll take it. Uh, and, but he's done a really good job getting the breaking ball over. It's been pretty sharp. Could you go to him again tomorrow? Or could. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, um, you know, here. I think we could. Uh, we'll look at our matchup and what Toronto's projected lineup might look like. Malik's made a lot happen kind of both ways today. Yeah, Malik has a tendency to make a lot happen no matter where he's at on the field. But, uh, offensively, you know, did some good things there. You know, gets a bat on the ball and, and, and you know, did a nice job. Um, you know, the quality of his at-bat's been really good. You know, in the outfield today, uh, maybe not quite so good, but... Uh, Again, today's game was about our offense kind of covering up some of the other mistakes that we made. JP just bad read or what, would, what happened there? Yeah, I think he got a little anxious, but nobody out. You know, you got to be smart there. And, if, you know, the ball did, did carry off the bat, but, you know, we got to be a little bit smarter than that. We made some outs on the bases today that um, not great. You know, like I said, we are able to overcome it, but in those tight games, it doesn't come back to bite you. So there it is, service after the ball game. Mariners get the win, and now they turn their attention to a very exciting series against the Blue Jays. I'm looking forward to this. Mariners tonight, 4.07 first pitch, 12.07 tomorrow, and then 10.07 on Sunday before heading to Tampa to take on the Rays. But uh, we've talked about the Blue Jays coming into this series. Biggio, Guerrero, Bichette, all in the lineup playing for the Blue Jays. So this should be a highly entertaining series as the Mariners get ready to take on the Blue Jays. Opener tonight, LeBlanc will take the ball. Up in the air tomorrow, looks like most likely a bullpen day, and then Kikuchi will go on Sunday for the Mariners. And now our chat with Luke Arkins. Well, Luke, it's been too long. 
It's great to see you. I'm glad you're here. It's uh, it's we finally get a chance to catch up. How have you been? I'm doing great. It's been about a year, I think, uh, the last time we were yeah we talked. Yeah, it's been great. It's been a great year, uh, not a great year for the Mariners, but uh, it's part of the plan, part of the step back. That's right. I want to talk to you about the plan too. I was just thinking it's been a year, and I was thinking about everything that's happened in the past year, and a lot has happened in the past year. So just your overall general impressions of how this year has gone in context of the plan i think it's gone as expected i thought the mariners would be around a 70 to 71 win team and i think that's sort of where they're at they're probably a little bit behind that pace right now but i anticipate they'll pick up a little bit near the end of the season uh when we see some new faces and uh, all the other teams call up their uh their minor leaguers also and and uh so yeah i, I think it i think the plan is going well overall uh, you know, they, obviously it's a transition of moving uh, some veterans out, uh, bringing up some young guys. Unfortunately, a couple of young guys that uh, probably would be here already are, uh, are hurt. Mm. You know, uh, Shed Long probably would be here. Probably Jake Fraley is not far behind. Unfortunately, they're on the IL uh, in Tacoma. But, yeah, I think, it's, I think things are going as well as you could expect in the first year of a step back uh, in basically what uh, – uh, Jerry DePoto calls uh, year one of a two-year step back. So I think I think they're tracking pretty well overall. The results are not necessarily fun to watch every night, but I think they're on the right track. When you look at everything, and not just the major league level, but system-wide, what are some of the bright spots that, that you've seen so far this year? Well, I think it, at this level it's tough to see that right. really because there's so uh, there's so many things uh, not going well at the major league level. Right. But when you look at down at Arkansas and there's just so many young guys down there and you listen to them talk about their, uh, you know, sort of that camaraderie that they're starting to build. And I think that that's probably part of the internal plan the Mariners have is to sort of bring these guys up uh, closely together mm-hmm. so that when they get here they're sort of the nucleus of what they want to build upon. And so I think that's sort of the good news. The new good news story so far is the, uh, you know, I think Justice Sheffield went back down or kind of mm-hmm. got his uh, his things going right. Uh, certainly, Cal uh, Raleigh moving up there, uh, and um, Logan Gilbert has been really tracking along really well. And, and uh, I think Kyle Lewis has had a good year. Yeah. I think that's a positive. Uh, what a year ago, you know, like this was his first spring training. That's right. right. And, and that's so, right. And so I think it's been a really good year for, for Kyle, and, uh, and I think it's something to build upon, and I think we'll see a lot more of that. Next year it'll be uh, some of these guys will be in, most of these guys will be in Tacoma at some point, if not making their way up here. So I think that's all. That's really where the positives are right now, and that's what I think you should expect from a team that's, that's trying to uh, uh, reboot itself, so to speak. How is the landscape different? When, because we we've talked about the Astros doing this, the Cubs to some extent. How is the landscape different now as the Mariners go through this, as opposed to just a few years ago when the Astros were going through it and the Cubs went through it? I think there's more people, more teams yeah. doing it now, so it's tougher to do it. I think you know every year at the deadline, you you know uh, there's like this this expectation that all these uh, lower tier teams are going to trade away. Uh, you know, they're veterans or they're talented players to get prospects back. But there's really first teams are, are more reluctant to give up their prospects. Mm-hmm. But also most of those teams that are at the bottom have already moved all their good players or else they wouldn't be as so bad. Or the players that are uh, might have some value on the field right now are, are their contracts are prohibitive. And so they're not going to get moved. So 
Uh, I think that's changed. The other thing is that uh, uh, maybe in a bigger picture aspect, the more it seems to me more of the uh, 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 core players on teams are starting to re-up with their teams and staying. You know, Mike Trout's probably a, a great example of that. And uh, they're not testing the free agent market, and I, that might be the new uh, thing we see here too. With maybe some of the some of the players on the Mariners, some of the you know the Mitch Hanegers, the Marco Gonzalez uh, t players like that. Maybe they also fall in and out at some point, and they end up staying here or getting a contract to stay here instead of testing free agency. Yeah, that's a great point. And I thought about that at the deadline too. Just the amount of buyers and sellers. There just wasn't – I mean, we saw a lot of movement at the end of the day, but not a lot of big movement. I thought it was pretty interesting. Like the three biggest trades we saw, two of them, I guess the Mets have changed that a little bit, but the Mets and Reds kind of made moves on the surface that looked more like for next year than for this year. Right. I was really uh, surprised that when they picked up uh, Marcus Stroman yeah. and, and they traded Jason Vargas. Uh, but when you think about it, like, you know, you know, if you're going to go for it now and you're going to plan for next year, it sort of makes sense mm -hmm. because uh, let's just assume they can't hang on to Zach Wheeler. Then they have uh, they have Marcus Stroman next year, uh, and and Jason Vargas is, uh, was was pitching well, but he wasn't going to fit into the rotation if they were able to get a Marcus Stroman. So it's it's uh, interesting uh, what they did, but it's interesting how little the Yankees did. You yeah, know, when you think about right? it, you know, and, the biggest shock of the day. Right. And then the Astros, of course, they they rule the day by getting yeah. Zach Grunkity and, uh, you know, Aaron Sanchez, who looks like Cy Young after uh, <laughs> taking on the Mariners. But uh, regardless of how he does, uh, they have really shored up their rotation that was already really good. Um, and so that's it's interesting how it, it hasn't, you know, everybody had an opinion how it was going to turn out. Mm -hmm. And then. I'm not sure anybody's really certain how it'll turn out next year after this year. It's really kind of hard to predict. No, I think that's absolutely right. And the Astros, unfortunately for the Mariners, I mean, you look at what they have done, you know, their track record now, and it's not only have they drafted well over time. They've had some misses, but everyone does. Right. They've drafted well. They've built that, that core, and Bregman's going to be around forever. But what they have done with some of their pitching, and Morton is a great example, and, I mean, you see Sanchez, you just kind of know that they're going to do it. It's amazing what that organization has been able to do. And it's an unfortunate for the Mariners are in the same division because it looks like they're going to be around for a while. Right. I don't – they're going to uh, – some of the guys certainly will age. Uh, yeah. Some of the guys will become too expensive. I think I think George Springer is a free agent. Yeah, at the end 21. Of the year. Uh, yeah, I think, so yeah. he's, he's coming, coming up pretty quick. Uh, they already signed Jose Altuve. Uh, they, they extended uh, – uh, Justin Verlander and then uh, um, uh, Garrett Cole, I, I would assume, is going to test free agency. Yeah, um, yeah they, they do seem to be the, the, the smart kids on the block right mm -hmm. now when it comes to pitchers. Uh, but then again, you know, I would be surprised if the Blue Jays weren't telling Aaron Sanchez a lot of what the, the Astros are now telling. But, you know, perhaps it's just a, a, an issue of, of uh, uh, you know, hearing it from a, somebody else, or could you imagine uh, in the meeting room when they're going over these things and Justin Verlander walks through and says, hey, you know, That's you right. really need to take this on board. It's really tough to, you know, disagree with Justin Verlander, who's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, and, and obviously uh, he, his career was already trending back up when he, he left Detroit, but he, was, he certainly take it to another level at, at, what, age 36 now, I think. So, yeah. Uh, you know, when when you're doing it well, it's tough. You know, it's tough to argue with results. You know, you yeah. can't argue with results. So. And then you, 
you make a great point. When you have Verlander, when you have Cole, when you have those type of guys that are bought in, right. I mean, how are you not buying in if you're somebody else lower on the food chain? Right. It's How can you not? The culture is developed through results, and uh, they're delivering results right yeah. now. Um, yeah, you look at them, and but but every team that eventually ha- regresses in one way or another. Unfortunately, players get hurt. Uh, some players will leave. And... Uh, I, I, for the Mariners, I think you just have to worry about yourself. Yeah. Build your own roster, and then you just have to uh, to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when right. you play them. I right. mean, that's really what it's really going to come down to uh, when you look at it. Uh, I think with the Mariners, long term, the key will be starting pitching. When you look at the Astros, what did they go to? They already had a great pitching staff, a starting rotation. What did they go get? More starting pitching. Mm. Uh, the Dodgers. Right, they're, the Dodgers and the Astros are probably the two teams most likely to get to the World Series. Who have who has the best rotations, the, the Astros and the Dodgers? So for the Mariners, to me, uh, you know they've got this core of position players, but some interesting starting pitchers: Logan Gilbert, uh, Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn. We'll see what he develops into. Certainly, Marco is still here, uh, so we'll see what what th- comes of that. And at some point, they might have to go get that guy i mm-hmm. call him the guy you know yeah you know whether it's like the cubs went and got john lester yeah right they signed him the, the the astros went and got justin verlander you just but it's it's tough to find those guys i think last year when i was talking to you and i i referred back to jerry depoto and he was uh, he always calls it the pitching store you know the store is only open at certain times of the year and then the shelves necess- don't necessarily have a lot on them and when they do the price can be uh you know too much to, right. to pay uh, or you may not be able to afford it at the time. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think that's really where, the, for the Mariners, it, it'll really come down to the, the, the starting pitching in the end. Yeah. What do you think this offseason should look like for the Mariners, given where they are? Um, I, I would expect that uh, some more veterans move on and that they, uh, they add some layers of depth to get through next season, mm-hmm. maybe some – uh, veteran, uh, you know, short-term veteran commitments to help out uh, at the start of next season. Maybe guys that you could move at the deadline next year, and also some minor league depth so that there's not necessarily this pressure to bring up these all the notable names right. when it's time uh, to, you know, when you need help from from Tacoma. You don't necessarily have to go for uh, Kyle Lewis if you don't think Kyle Lewis is ready. You have some other. Uh, individual down there might be able to help out in the short term. But I, 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 I would anticipate any sexy moves. I don't think you're going to yeah. see any big signings or anything like that. But I would think if the, if the Mariners could add some uh, – start adding some uh, players, some quality players for 21 and 22 and they're available at the right price, they may add one or two pieces. But I, I wouldn't think that's where they're at right now. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, that's basically how shortstop played out this year, for example. Right. You know, Beckham, the veteran here for the beginning of the season. Hopefully Crawford would be ready at some point, and he was. He took over the spot, and he's played pretty well. So Right, and, and I think that's what Jay Bruce was. Yeah. He did well when he was here. From my understanding, he was a good clubhouse guy and, and a good guy to have in your team. And and uh, same thing with Edwin Canarcion. Um, and, and there may be – Similar guys like that, you know, maybe uh, you sign some relievers, they come in. You know, Hunter Strickland is an example of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was hurt for most of the time, but that sort of guy he comes in, maybe he closes for you or he's a setup guy or a starting pitcher, and then, you know, get to July, and, and uh, you know, you, 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 uh, 
you leverage him into something else that maybe helps you in another way uh, down the road, whether it's just depth or, or, or prospects, just depending on how the player plays out, too. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit, obviously, the player you sign has to perform. Unfortunately, like Hunter Strickland, he was hurt for most of the time, and so he really didn't have a chance to prove himself until – you know, he made, what, I think one appearance, and then they, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. then they traded him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> good He's job. Back and then go, yeah. yeah, good job. You look good. <laughs> Congratulations. You've been traded. That's right. That's right. Well, look, it was so great to catch up. Uh, you're a great follow on Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter, and where are you writing these it's days? It's Luke underscore Arkins, uh, and then uh, Prospect Insiders, where you can, mm-hmm. prospectinsider.com is where you can, can find me right now. Perfect. We should not wait this long again to chat so let's do it soon anytime you want perfect (laughs) thanks okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.